All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Well, thank you, Mr. Mann. Time to talk about your investments on Invest Wisely with our expert, Walt Sakira. He's the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Washington, Pennsylvania. They're wealth advisors and take their clients' money and invest it in individually owned stocks and custom-made portfolios to fit the need of every single client. If you have any questions about the market, about how the AKW Group invests their clients' money, call us. 330-673-1234 is the number here in Akron. Listening online from WNR.com from anywhere. You can use our toll-free number if you like, 800-669-4100. Well, Walt, last week on the market, one of those weeks where there just wasn't any good news. <laughs> really, the kind of test an investor's metal, I suppose. <laughs> For sure, Bob. We saw last week uh, really stocks faltered a little bit. Um, we, we were seeing some recovery during the week, but we got some rate fears and then some geopolitical angst, uh, which set the market uh, on a downward descent at the end of the week. Uh, we finished the week with the Dow Jones Industrial Average off about 351 points, off 1% for the week. And year to date, we're at negative 4.4%. The S&P 500 was off 81 points, about 1.8% for the week, and sits year-to-date at negative 7.3%. The NASDAQ had a tough week, off 306 points, off 2.2%. Again, a lot of those large-cap stocks uh, still trading around on those rate fears. And year-to-date, that NASDAQ sits down 11.8%. And then the small big caps last week, Bob, we saw... Uh, the Russell 2000 up about 27 points, up about 1.4%, and sits year to date at negative 9.6%. Uh, so, you know, we, we looked at eight of the 11 S&P 500 sectors last week were lower. Uh, communication services was down quite a bit, down 3.9% um, off the uh, Facebook reports, uh, the Meta, Meta Platforms uh, report, and uh, the descent of that stock. Uh, we also test all technology off 2.9. Uh, materials and energy were the only winning sectors last week. So, uh, again, very interesting week where we're seeing the mask mandates being pulled back. It looks like we're heading into the final phase. This is a full-blown pandemic phase, uh, which sets up well for, uh, you know, a reopening 3.0, I guess, as, as we think about it. Um, and we have to keep an eye on some of those other, you know, big picture trends that we've been talking about uh, really through last year and the beginning of this year. The consumer price index was reported for the month of January, a rise of 0.6 percent, giving you a seven and a half percent rise over the last 12 months. That is a 40-year high since the go-go 1980s. I haven't seen this kind of inflation. And again, the market is not really reacting 
well to that. How are the investors reading this uh, inflation news? Well, Bob, I think inflation is the big headline. We, we started talking about this last year quite frequently on the show here. We continue to talk about it. We said we'll probably talk about it most of this year. It's, uh, we see food and energy prices increasing. Um, I think a big part of inflation, which hasn't been hit yet, although we saw a little bit of it in this last report, is rents, um, housing rents, which make up about you know 30% of the index. Again, we have that moratorium on evictions, and I think we're just starting to see some of the impacts of the increases in rents. Um, when uh, landlords uh, get the, the little bit of the power back, we'll, we'll see what happens there as far as rate increases uh, there as well. So uh, really, in, in every component, we see prices higher, and I'm not telling anybody they don't know that's listening this morning. I think if you're uh, out in the world and you're buying groceries, you're filling up your gas tank, um, just about anything you're doing, you're seeing prices a bit higher uh, here in 2022. Now, the Fed, in their fight against inflation, uh, is supposedly doing uh, the right thing. But last week, we had some remarks from the St. Louis uh, area Fred, Fed president who said that the uh, market and the Federal Reserve are a bit divided now. And uh, the Reserve is still behind the fight against inflation, but I guess they don't see cooperation from the investors. Well, I think what you have, Bob, you know, the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee consists of many members, and you had said uh, President Bullard uh, making some very aggressive comments midweek. The market really didn't like those. I think everybody has liked uh, Jerome Powell's signaling of where interest rates are going to go. I think the Fed has done a really good job trying not to surprise the market, uh, knowing that emotions are high and fears are high. Uh, so they've been trying to signal, you know, what they're doing, kind of when they're going to do it. And, um, you know, I think trying to just, you know, have a soft, softer kind of move towards fighting inflation. But uh, when you have a Fed president speak out and say, you know, he thinks we need to be more aggressive and more of a 1% increase more rapidly, it just sent a little bit of uh, fears into the market as the market kind of incorporated that news. But, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve, you got to remember, are, you know, they consist of, of members that are human. Um, you can see how the Fed chairmen uh, and presidents, uh, you know, people on that committee have their own opinions. Uh, at the end of the day, again, we'll probably move towards some more moderate type of approach. But I, I think that, the more, you know, the economy is at a tenuous time uh, with inflation high, and we got to make sure that we continue to let the, the economy move forward and don't stall it too much. So it's, it's a very difficult time to be on that Federal Reserve Open Market Committee. Now, the other news, of course, which is across the world, is the situation between Russia and Ukraine. It seemed to be setting up for something right out of World War II. Uh, this is a worry to everybody, but especially a worry to, to investors, how this would uh, would shake up the markets if there really is a military war in Europe. We haven't seen a war like that you know, since uh, the 1940s. What do, what do investors have to worry about, and is this their top-of-mind concern right now? It is a top of the mind concern. I think again, Bob, a lot of people just don't understand what what's happening there. Um, you know, the Russian stock market, first of all, trades very much in line with oil prices. I mean, if you look at uh, really Russia's significance in the world, I mean, that's that's really what you see from their capital markets is, is a pretty close correlation with with oil prices. Um, you know, Russia's build up a military force. This has happened before. We saw exercises back in March of 2021. Uh, Russians' invasions of Georgia in 2008 and Ukraine in 2014. Um, if, if everybody remembers back in 14, you know, they took the Crimea 
um, the territory there from Ukraine. And uh, so, again, you, you can never put a cost on military actions. They're immeasurable as far as human costs and, and just, you know, what they do as far as that side. But when you look at it financially and you consider uh, that Crimea invasion, uh, peak to low was about a 2% change. Um, so, again, I think the overall geopolitical, I don't think, has a lot of times lasting impacts on our stock market. Again, a lot of our companies, you know, have very little to do uh, with, with Russia and Russia markets. You know, we got to think Russia is the 30th largest U.S. trading partner. Um, they are the number one uh, trading partner for, for uh, oil for the EU for and, and number one in gas prices. But their significance in the world is somewhat limited. I, I think what we're really talking about here is some uh, sanctions and, you know, perhaps like the Nord Stream uh, pipeline, you know, maybe some changes there. But but I think really, if you if you think through this in, in a normal way, I I I hate to see any type of invasion as anybody would. I, I think the bigger worry is just the U.S.'s weakness in foreign policy, and then I think people spill over to thinking about China and Taiwan. So what you know overlapping effects something might have like this with other powers that you know want to exert their influence. So a lot to play out. I, I think for us, we continue to focus on what makes sense to us and focus on the investments that we own, the companies that we have, and the value they create, the revenues, the profits, again, knowing what you own and knowing why you own it. We're talking to Walt Sequeira of the AKW Group here in Akron on our Invest Wisely program, talking about the market and uh, Walt's many, many years of experience in doing this kind of work and looking at different markets over the last 30-plus uh, years. So when a market gets uneasy like this, investors have a lot of different thoughts and opinions on what uh, they should do. Here's a series of common quotes that investors may or may not be saying, or that talking heads on TV may or not be saying, and I want to get your response to to, uh, to these different opinions. One of them is that the downturn is another example of why timing the market is so important. You have to time the market to be successful. Well, we totally disagree with that comment. We think it's time in. It's not timing. Um, again, I think uh, we, you could make some moves that make logical sense as far as looking at asset allocations and things of that nature, but those should be done annually on a, on a consistent basis. Those should have been done at the end of last year. I think overreacting to market downturns is one of the biggest mistakes that people make. So uh, I've never seen anyone that has consistently timed the market. Every once in a while, you have uh, some guru that calls the current one. You have a hundred people out there right now calling for the end of the world and all kinds of you know negativity. And if the market goes down, they'll claim that they were right. But that doesn't mean they're going to be right the next time. Again, I think you have to build investments on solid principles, uh, and that's what we continue to focus on in our group. Another comment that uh, people make is that all the uncertainty is just too much risk. You should wait until the dust settles and then invest your money. Well, Bob, I, I think if you do that, you know, back you just let's use the last downturn. You know, the the dust really started to fly right when the pandemic hit. No one knew what to do. That ended up being an amazing year for the stock market and returns. And then as this year, as we were moving through the pandemic and everybody thought things were going to be better, the market has shown weakness. So I, I don't think it's as simple as just, you know, looking at what's happening currently and then trying to implement it into an investment plan. I think you have to think ahead. Uh, you have to make your investments based on your objectives. Uh, you know, based on what's important to you as you're thinking down the road um, and, and stay an investor uh, through the tough times when a lot of people panic and move away. 
Another one is the stock market is like a casino. That would imply that uh, it pays your money, it takes your chances, and, uh, and the odds are always against you. Again, we totally disagree with this comment as well, Bob. We know the longer you stay in a, a casino, the more likely you are to lose. And the longer you stay in the market, the, the statistics and data and metrics show you the more likely you are to win. So um, I, anybody that stays in the casino too long knows that's a losing a losing proposition. The casino's odds are stacked in their favor. But investors' odds are stacked in their favor if they continue to have confidence and be an investor. And the final one is that you must understand your risk implying that risk is quantifiable. Well, a lot of people in my business have spent a lot of time you know, doing risk stress tests and, and quantifying risk. I think at the end of the day, what risk really means for people is the fear of their own money and losing their own money. You know, Warren Buffett once said, risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. And Carl Richards once wrote, risk is what's left over when you thought about everything else. And I think, you know, risk is always something that's hard to quantifiable. I think what's more important is that people think about their financial goals, uh, realizing how to maximize the probability of success and having a good plan. Now, if we look at the trends and insights, as we do every uh, week at this time with Walt Secura, he looks at what's going on out there, finds some very interesting pieces of research that uh, could have an impact on uh, on your investing world. This is kind of interesting from the Cedars-Sinai Health Center. They're saying that a current study says that many middle-aged and older women are suffering from something called tacosubo cardiomyopathy, which uh, <laughs> means broken heart syndrome, up to 10 times more often than younger women or younger men. Does that mean that older women are more romantic? Well, just Yeah, just in time for Valentine's Day. That broken heart is a tough thing to mend, Bob, out there, and we know that uh, COVID and the pandemic had a big impact on uh, relationships and a lot of broken relationships out there. And again, for us as investors, uh, you know, we recently picked up a position at Match.com, an old holding of ours that we kind of revisited. And we've always often talked about our Bumble holding and our, our women's portfolios. So I think these online dating applications, when you're the only thing to mend a broken heart a lot of times, Bob, is getting back up on that saddle and trying it again. Listen to the old BG's records that you remember from a kid. That'll that'll try to do it too. Another one. This is good from the U.S. Distilled Spirits Council, the booze people. According to their research, there's a new fast-growing spirit that could overtake vodka as America's favorite alcoholic drink. Vodka has been the leader since the 1970s, surpassing uh, bourbon and whiskey at that time. What was this new booze? Uh, tequila. Tequila is powerful, Bob. 30% year-over-year growth, $5.2 billion in sales, and uh, looks like it has an over, uh, ability to overtake vodka, which has been the long-standing preferred spirit of the United States. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Tequila. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and let's talk about the other vice, since we're really into vices this uh, Sunday morning. Excuse me. Another trend, gambling. The Super Bowl is today. People are expected to bet in America some $8 billion on the Super Bowl game, both in person and online, and I assume legally and illegally. So gambling is a growing trend that could have some long-term investor implications for those uh, uh, legalized gambling organizations that uh, run casinos, run those online uh, betting sites. For sure, Bob. We we see a huge trend here. You know, that's double uh, the the betting you know in a super bowl before at 4.3 billion so eight billion dollars of betting that's a lot of money and the big industry out there we know the popularity of casinos but 
know, online gambling is definitely a trend for the future. We've talked about, you know, some of the uh, people participating in that, you know, DraftKings, Penn Gaming, uh, Caesars. There's a lot of uh, players out there in the online gambling world. So a lot of trends to pay attention to and possibly some good investments as we go forward. We're talking again to Walt Secure on Invest Wisely, and time now to move over to Stock Talk, giving you a chance to call up and talk to Walt about a specific specific stock that you may be interested in, uh, an issue that you may own or you may want to want to own someday, or you want to know if you should buy or, or sell, or just kind of curious. 330-673-1234 is the number to call to talk to Walt right now. 330-673-1234. And if you are listening on WNR.com, you can call us toll-free, 800 100 lines are open, so call right now as we talk to Walt about uh, some of the stocks that are reported earnings last week. Now, earnings reports coming in, and what have you seen uh, as a general pic- big picture idea of these uh, earnings numbers? Again, Bob, earnings reports have been pretty solid for the quarter. Um, you know, a lot of earnings surprises, revenue surprises, and, uh, and profit surprises. So uh, we've been pr- quite pleased with most of the companies that we follow when we're looking at their earnings uh, season. Uh, it's been a pretty good one. Now, Disney, one of your long-term holdings in your core equity portfolio, they reported last week, uh, Land of Fantasyland and, and Disney World uh, seem to have the magic returning as you look at their quarterly reports. And they really did, Bob. You look at their quarter, uh, they did $21.8 billion over $16.2 billion. That's a 34% revenue increase. Uh, they had a 231% earnings increase, again, coming over some pretty easy comparisons, but six over $0.32. Cents. Um, they really showed incredible growth in their Disney Plus, um, uh, their online streaming, adding 11.8 million customers to the quarter, uh, besting Netflix and showing their competitive power. Uh, and also, you know, seeing some good results from the parks and some of the experiences that they have. So, again, we, we've liked Disney as, a, as kind of a COVID after COVID uh, recovery play and uh, we continue to see strength across all lines, and uh, just just a really powerful company. Good dividend, dividend increases, lots of reasons to like Disney here. Yeah, Mickey Mouse is uh, pushing a hundred years old, but I guess he still has a a lot of lot of strength left in him to keep propelling that company forward. Another company that you have in your uh, women's leadership diversity portfolio is called S and P Global, and uh, they reported their earnings last week. Uh, tell us about S and P Global and what their revenue and earnings results uh, from the quarter has told you. Bob, S&P Global is the company that in our industry and the financial services industry is used quite heavily. Um, they provide credit ratings. Uh, they provide the financial indices, the benchmarks that you know we start talking the show about every week, uh, uh, commodity price reporting, a lot of different uh, really proprietary data uh, that they, they are, you know, have out there. Um, and a lot of people pay, you know, a lot of money. Firms, firms like Baird, a lot of the big financial service firms uh, have to have this data, and they pay for it. And there's uh, some inflationary, uh, you know, uh, benefits built in. Pricing is not a problem with these kinds of companies because of the proprietary data that they have. Uh, so we looked at the quarter. It was a really strong quarter, 12% uh, revenue growth. They did about $2 billion over $1.8 billion the year prior. Earnings was up 315 over 271 That's a 16% growth. This is just a very stable company um, uh, with a very stable product offering, service offering that uh, you, know, you can count on. And, uh, so these are the kinds of companies that we really favor in times of uncertainty. And let's take some calls now for Walt Secure of the AKW Group here in Akron at 330-673-1234. Good morning. You're on the air. Morning, Walt. How about that Hershey's? 
<laughs> I can I? I'll tell you. I keep eating it. I, I know that. So it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I need to get to the gym the and put the Hershey's down. <laughs> yeah. You won't get rich, but you won't go broke either. That's for sure. Those are good stocks. There. Hey, remember? Yeah. I wanted to know what happened to gold when you were in uh, economics class, and uh, if if the professor said inflation seven point five, hundred and twenty thousand troops at the border of Russia ready to attack. The pandemic, 900,000 people dead, oil prices over 90, record, approaching 100. Chinese New Year, where they used to buy tons of it, that would always go up. What do you suppose happened to gold? It's just flat and sitting there like uh, uh, nothing's going on at all. Can you imagine these statistics in your old textbooks uh, relative to gold? No, not at all. The playbook was buy gold in these times. It was it was the hedge, you know, it was the preferred hedge across many investors. But you're right, times have changed, and um, doesn't seem to be the same hedge it used to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. See you later. <laughs> Absolutely. Can take care. Three three zero six seven three one two three four to talk with Walt Secure on our stock talk section about stock issues that interest interest you. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs now that's a recent addition to your small mid cap portfolio, a well named uh, well known local company here in Northeast Ohio. They reported last week, and what did their results look like? Yeah, we like Cleveland Cliffs, Bob. We we've been in and out of Cleveland Cliffs a tough couple times. We came back in on the price weakness here. Um, Cleveland Cliffs, I think, is doing a lot of things right. And if you if you look at what they did this last quarter, um, I was listening to a CEO uh, Gonclave's uh, talk about uh, you know the the dynamic ability of this company to manage processes and and what they're dealing with. Um, they are the largest steel provider to the automotive sector. Um, they knew there was going to be weakness and delays in the supply chain, so they moved up a lot of their servicing. Uh, that they typically do later in the year. And, you know, uh, steel is a very messy process, and uh, a lot of the equipment and processes need to be cleaned. And uh, they they moved that up in the earlier part of the year using the slowdown, and they really took advantage of that. They're well-positioned, especially as the automotive industry starts to kind of get back online and we see production pick up. Uh, they're the largest supplier of steel to the automotive industry, um, and by a wide margin. It's by more than two and a half times than any other uh, players, the number two or three players. So uh, they're just really well positioned in an area we like. And they, again, a local company, uh, they, they seem to have their footing and are executing very well. Really like the CEO there uh, doing a, a really good job, uh, I think, uh, leading the company and uh, showing some new fight and vigor uh, there at Cleveland Plus. A couple of other interesting notes in the world of business, not related to earnings, but the NVIDIA ARM deal was canceled. They were going to spend $40 billion to buy the chip designer arm from SoftBank in Japan. They walked away from that acquisition. Well, that removes uh, uncertainty from NVIDIA's outlook. What does it mean for the rest of the history of the company? Well, I think it's a good move, Bob. I mean, I think ARM would have been a nice acquisition, but they were paying a pretty hefty price for it. Uh, There was also a lot of thoughts of how it would actually, um, because they do a lot of designing, ARM does designing of chips for a lot of different manufacturers. Uh, so it was going to be interesting how they integrated the company anyway. Uh, but moving away at this time when you know, things are a little tougher and cash is a little tighter um, from a $40 billion acquisition surely doesn't hurt NVIDIA. It allows them to focus on their core competencies. Um, so we kind of think it clears up some of the uh, worries uh, that were the cloud of worries above NVIDIA. And I think opens it up for you know, some growth as we move ahead. Another uh, acquisition now. Somebody spending money. Frontier Airlines announced they're going to buy Spirit Airlines. 
expect to close on that uh, uh, the second half of, of this year. Now, what does that mean to either company's stock, and what does it mean to the airline industry, especially how it impacts our local airports? I think it's going to impact travelers a lot more. Um, I think from Frontier, it's a, it's a good acquisition. I think the street liked it. Um, you know, you look at both stocks last week, both had nice moves up. Uh, you typically don't see that on an acquisition. You typically see the acquirer go down and uh, the one that's being acquired go up. But we saw both both companies move up. Uh, probably a lot of efficiencies uh, here. And uh, again, two competitors coming together makes for a stronger path for, for the one. So I think uh, from an investment perspective, it's good. Uh, from a traveler's perspective, doing a lot of travel myself, uh, I don't like the idea of you know, having less routes and less choices uh, when I go to travel. So I, I, I don't like it personally, but I mean, a lot of a lot of trailers may not. But I think from uh, Frontier and Spirit's uh, perspective, it probably makes a lot of competitive sense to uh, come together, join forces, and see what they can do together. Do either of those airlines have a large presence at Akron-Canton Airport? Oh, they do. Both of them have mm. a presence at Akron-Canton, and obviously a fairly large presence in Cleveland as well. So, uh a lot of people traveling south, uh, you know, take those take those trips down to uh, off frontier and spirit. They tend to be pretty well priced airlines. We'll have to see how that works out for both the companies and the, and the travelers. A reminder, too, that, of course, the AKW Group is affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company, internationally known for their work in the, in the investment industry, in the advice industry. They can do things like estate plan reviews and your tax reviews, which is important this time of the year. They can talk about your Social Security choices, your stock options analyses, your transaction tax analyses, many other things they can provide for you, more than just investing your money if you want to be a client with the AKW Group. So keep that in mind when you think about who you'd like to handle your money and where you'd like to get the kind of advice that you need for these very important decisions that you have to make. Uh, we're talking, again, talk about some basic topics with investors. Uh, one topic that comes up, especially now with the market going up and down, it's asset allocation. Well, with the market being so volatile this year, how important are your asset allocation decisions? Oh, Bob, they're extremely important. And you know, as we said at the beginning of the show, they're, they're really a decision you got to continue to evaluate on an ongoing basis. Um, you know, when you figure out your risk parameters and, and your return expectations, um, you, you just have to make sure that you set the right proper asset allocation. But that may change over time. You know, it goes up, it goes down. I mean, you, you sometimes you have to shift, you know, out of stocks a little bit, maybe more into something that's more, you know, uh, fixed or, or balanced. Uh, we were doing that a lot the last couple of years, and I think it benefited a lot of our clients uh, in, in doing that. So, but it's a discipline. It's not a it's not a knee jerk reaction. It should never be driven by events. It should be driven by goals and plans and your lifestyle and what's important to you and making sure you have enough money in the right in the right bucket. So, uh, we, we you know we're really adamant adamant about it. It's it's a very important process, and I think if you don't have a good asset allocation plan, strategy, way to think about that, that's definitely something that our group can, can help. Um, you know, Kevin uh, does a really good job in our group uh, looking at asset allocations. Reminder, of course, the AKW Group is affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company internationally with all the access that they have to their help and information. They can provide retirement plans for you, estate plan reviews, tax reviews, very important this time of the year, all kinds of analyses on your Social Security, your stock options, your transaction tax analyses, more than just portfolios. They can provide you with actual plans for your investment, for your retirement, for what you are doing, and they can be reached here in Akron on West Market Street anytime at 234 466-7476. 
That's 234-466-7476. In their office in Washington, Pennsylvania, suburban Pittsburgh. Yeah, Sue Marshall's there with her team. They can be reached there, too, at 412-480-5090. 412-480-5090. For the services from the AKW Group, uh, more than just investing and advising you on your wealth, they can also do these other other things for you, too, as part of your financial health and your financial plan. Because uh, So very quickly, what's on tap for next week? Uh, more earnings reports, a little bit of economic data, and a lot of hard work. <laughs> All right, which is what Walt Secure and his team are good at. 234-466-7476, Akron, 412-480-5090 in Pennsylvania. When you talk to him, tell him you heard him on WNIR Kid Akron. We'll talk to you next week, Walt. Thanks, Bob. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Bumble Inc., symbol BMBL. Caesars Entertainment Inc., symbol CZR. Cliffs Natural Resources, Inc., symbol CLF. Draft Kings, Inc., symbol DKNG. Frontier Group Holdings, Inc., symbol ULCC. The Walt Disney Company, symbol DIS. Hershey's Company, symbol HSY. Match Group, symbol MTCH. NVIDIA Corporation, symbol NVDA. Penn National Gaming, Inc., symbol PENN. S&P Global, symbol SPGI. And Spirit Airlines, Inc., symbol S-A-V-E. Please note that Robert W. Baird, Inc. Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.